Welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McDonald, Biggie, Ian, uh, Four Eyes. I was called, four, was I called uh, Four Eyes yesterday, Saturday? Joined by SYP hey. creator Scott. Scott, Scott, I think your sister called me Four Eyes this weekend at some point. Yeah, probably. Um, that's something she would say to you. Not nice, considering that you're her favorite brother and she's got in three and you're not the biological one so hmm mm. i uh i'm flattered uh i'm used to the four eyes comment though but i think you know with that here's the thing with wearing glasses comes great responsibility and sometimes haters are going to hate sometimes people are going to say things that are mean and you just got to shut them out you got to shut out the haters lock up yeah exactly the glasses block out the hate you know exactly uh speaking of shutting out the haters andre vajaleski and the tampa bay lightning beat the florida panthers uh we're recording this podcast monday night you like that transition that was a, that was a good transition that's, that was a good transition i like that that's like a b plus i think uh we're doing this podcast if you look at scott's screen if you're watching this podcast uh we're doing this in the middle of the Avs blues game uh the panthers lose was it two nothing with the empty netter then tampa won Tampa won two, nothing. They sweep the Panthers. I had the Lightning winning um, the series, which, you know, not for nothing. I think I'm, you know, maybe a bit smarter than this guy here. Um, but I'm but I'm also not going to be like SYP creator Keith, and I'm going to claim that I called it. Um, I'm not claiming I, – I, I, I'm – Claiming a lightning victory, I'm not claiming the lightning sweep. I'm not claiming that I knew this was going to happen because I didn't think this was going to happen. Scott, your initial reaction to seeing the lightning uh, sweep the Panthers in Tampa? Um, it's you know it's funny. The Pan- as good as the Panthers' offense was, it doesn't matter how good you are offensively. If you run into a hot goalie, you will not win. And this was a prime example in this series, and two of the games, in particular, game two in game four really good examples of this because florida probably should have won game two and florida dominated tampa bay in this game as well in game four i think they all shot them 49 to 24 i was gonna say almost, like du- in- almost double almost almost the sh- doubled the shots well it was double it was over double but um yeah. like just goes to show you vasilevsky's the best goal in the world and if this series if you don't think that go watch this series back and don't try to come change my mind. Like he, he was amazing. He was unbelievable. And he's probably up in the running for Con Smythe at this point. Yeah. You got to think what the, the Con Smythe running right now has to be uh Vassy McDavid. Yep. Troy Stetcher yep. got two goals um, against Edmonton. So Troy Stetcher has to have some consideration. No, it's Jake, Jake Ottinger still in the running at this point. Jake Ottinger, um, you know, He's got all the all those guys are in are in the same level are on the same team, right? Um, yeah. Tampa like, Bay, and again, yeah. I was gonna say Tampa Bay had more goals called back than the Panthers actually had real goals tonight too, which is uh, a really fun fact. Um, I'm gonna see if I can pull up some Andre Vasilevsky stats here because, like you say, the numbers are incredible. This was Tampa Bay's tenth consecutive series win. Yep. Going back to the bubble series, uh, the record is obviously 19 with the Islanders. 
And now it's the most consecutive most consecutive series one in a row. Tampa almost there. They need nine more. Um, Andre Vasilevsky ten and zero in his last ten potentially series clinching games. Six shutouts in his last seven. Oh, he allowed insane. he allowed three goals all series against the Panthers. He had he had stopped 194 of his last 198 shots. This goes back to game six against the Maple Leafs for an absolutely insane 980 save percentage. He recorded a 981 save percentage against the best offense in the NHL, arguably in the salary cap era, uh, the Florida Panthers. So the Lightning are moving on. They're playing the winner of Carolina, the Rangers. Um, the Lightning are probably going to win that series too. I as, think. Well, whoever wins, it'll probably be Carolina. But as good as the Hurricanes are, I don't think they're as good as Tampa Bay. And the gold tank situation in Flor- in uh, Carolina is a little scary. And the Rangers, although Shosturkin is very good, and he's probably the next Vasilevsky, hot take. Um, the Rangers don't have enough offensive firepower to compete A with Tampa Bay or B beat Vasilevsky. Uh, another fun stat uh, Andre Vasilevsky saved 10.06 goals above expected through all four games in round two against the Panthers. Um, let's talk about the Panthers then. Let's talk about Florida. This is obviously a disappointing result. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, considering that they were the President's Trophy winners best offense this season scored the most goals scored more goals than anybody made serious deadline acquisitions i.e claude Giroux, ben Sherratt. um where do the panthers go the run it back if you're florida you run it back in a way yes but you've got to think about like is Giroux there next year is Sherratt there next year some of these guys aren't necessarily going to be there next year. And again, I don't necessarily know their contract situation with all these guys, but like, yeah, you almost, you almost have to, and just think about this as a really good year for experience. And again, the Panthers, let's not forget, ran into a hot goalie. Let's be real. That that's, that's the series in, in a nutshell. Vasilevsky was a brick wall and the Panthers couldn't, knock one of those bricks out and put one put one in the net. They just couldn't. That's just yeah. Uh the Panthers, I'm on their cap friendly. Claude Giroux is a UFA. Yep. Noel Achari is an RFA or UFA. Uh, Giroux's a UFA. Achari is a UFA. Uh Mason Marchman UFA. Sherrod. Joe Thornton. Pardon me. Sherrod's a UFA. Uh Thornton is a UFA. You have to think Thornton's probably retiring. Who knows? Unless he wants, unless he wants to run it back in Toronto. Uh, Robert Hag, UFA. Uh, Newton Vara. Newton uh, Vara. Yep. UFA. I mean, you got one more, you got one more year uh, of Huberto and Hornquist uh, under contract. Yeah. I don't know. I think you got to just run it back. I think you have to at this point. And again, uh, you've got to assume, well, 
I say this now, you have to assume Tampa Bay's assets and get worse. You would think, but again, we said that last year too, and here we are. The 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 Panthers but, are uh, projected to have a little less than four billion in cap space, three point nine two million in cap space uh, this off season. The big jump uh, goes to uh, Alexander Barkov, who is making five point nine million this year. He's going to be making yeah. ten million next year. Deservedly so. Barkov's a centerpiece of this team, and same you mentioned here, has got one year left on his deal and um, he'll be, I think there's no way you don't resign Hubido. And this is coming from the team that doesn't have a first round pick this year. doesn't have a second round pick this year. doesn't have the first rounder next year. doesn't have their first rounder in 2024 and they don't have their second rounder in 2024. Hmm. You got to load up however you can load up. You, again, you, yeah. you, you just dig deeper into that you just go further into it you already in this spot why not i guess you like you well again here's the thing too and the Panthers just won the president's trophy and three years ago tampa bay did and they got swept by the blue jackets sure different situation the blue jackets aren't two times defending like champions but they gotta learn you know you, you would think this team would learn from it another year of experience their core is still young Right, none yeah. of them. Huberto is maybe the oldest guy at thirty. Huberto is twenty eight. Barkov twenty six. Reinhardt's twenty six. Drew thirty four. Sam Bennett twenty five. Carter Verhage twenty six. Duclair twenty six. Ekblad twenty six. Weger twenty eight. Again, a lot of these guys are on the good side of thirty, and I would say like. Just run it back. And Bobrovsky's a good goalie. He's no Vasilevsky, sure. He's no Shusterkin, but he's solid. And Knight, Knighter's there, too. Spencer Knight, a really great backup. Going to be an excellent starter in this league at some point. Like, there's nothing. You just got to run it back. You ran into a good team and almost got unlucky, kind of like the Leafs did. Because, again, let's not forget, this was one game from being a Toronto-Florida series. Yeah. Right? And who knows where that could have gone? Who knows? And, you know, I, 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 I think the Panthers have done a great job of, build, of team building, yep. drafting, developing. Agreed. At, and making, you know, solid free agent, uh, you know, Acquisitions, Duclair, they signed. Carter Verhage, they signed. Uh, Radko Gudis, they signed. You know, uh, some solid trades here and there, like Brandon Montour, I, I thought was a really nice pickup when they got him uh, I, last year. That well, was a good deal. Couple so, I, I, I think there's reason to be disappointed in Florida. I don't think there's reasons to be panicking in Florida. No, I there's no there's no reason at all. You're set up good for the future. Yeah, you don't have a few draft picks for a couple of years, but your young core is good already. You don't need to worry about it for a couple of years. So, I'm with you there. Uh, we're also doing this the day after the Battle of Alberta Game Three, where the Edmonton Oilers almost kind of shut out the Calgary Flames, four one the final there. 
I listen, I know everybody wants to talk about Vander Kane and how great he's been. Um, the story for me in this series is still Connor McDavid. The story of the playoffs for me is Connor McDavid. No, he's the best player. He's the best player in the league, and he's just separated himself that much more because of what he's done, especially in the Battle of Alberta, but just all playoffs, really. He has 23 points. In nine games or 10 games now? 10 games. Oh. 23 points in 10 games. Um, Absurd. He, he, in three games against Calgary, uh, he has nine points <laughs> this postseason. Two goals, six primary assists. That's crazy. First player in NHL history with nine multi-point games within the first 10 contests of a single postseason. And that, that was him getting shut out in one, one game, too. That's the one game. That's the one game. So, we have an off day in the Battle of Alberta. Um, as when this podcast comes out, it'll be game four in Edmonton. I, I know it's two one Edmonton and this, this, the series felt like it took a bit of a a turn being in Edmonton. I don't know if the home crowd helped the floor, the Oilers maybe hurt the flames. What do you see happening in the rest of this series game four? And then the rest of the series. Well, let's think about it like this. Uh, game, again, game four is Edmonton here. And I think, well, again, most whoever watched game three will know that Edmonton pretty much won every puck battle all night long. All night long, the others were on pucks first. They had just so much jump. And I think the home crowd really helped that for sure. And that crowd was like rocking. I knew the, the Calgary barn could get rocking, but holy Rogers place was bumping on Sunday night. And here's here's the thing too, is that, the Flames are so well in the at least in the regular season and in the first round were so well defensively structured, and in the second round it's just it just hasn't quite been been the same. And McDavid and company are making the Flames and Markstrom look very mediocre. That that's just how it is. Like the defense and what was a stellar defense and who is the best candidate in Markstrom. Look normal. I'm pretty sure Markstrom had like a 5.65 goals against average going into game three. Might have been something like that. It was high. And I mean, I think you and I have watched almost, no, we've watched two games of the Battle of Alberta. And the funny thing with, you know, McDavid and Edmonton and all their offensive success is they're doing it against a, kind of a goalie who has been leaky these three games. He had he had a really strong series against the Dallas Stars, Jacob Markstrom. He had a really great series against the Stars. And now, for whatever reason, this Edmonton matchup is just proving to be di- too difficult for him, but again, it that's seems to my, like. Exactly to my point is that they're making Markstrom and the Flames defense look mediocre. And yes. you're right, he has been leaky for whatever reason like rebound like no shots that we normally smother are becoming you know loose rebound or shots that would be easy glove save or a blocker into the stat into the netting is a rebound right out front it's just one of those things and if i'm a flames fan i would i would honestly be genuinely concerned because 
Markstrom. They figured out how to beat Markstrom, glove side, apparently. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's credit to the Oilers' offense. They've been unbelievable. And especially that Kane dry side of McDavid line is just overwhelmed each, def- you know, each, you know, defender on Calgary, doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't really matter. Each forward, like at this, at this point, let's be real. There's no line that I can think of right now that can stop those three. I don't think so. I can't think of one right now. No, there's no way. Like, and again, We'll see if it gets to this, but an Oilers Lightning Stanley Cup final would be very interesting in the sense that it's the best player and the best offensive line versus the best goalie and arguably the best defenseman in Victor Edmund, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves with naming that, that finals preview, of course. No, I'm just, I'm just saying hypothetically, if that... If hypothetically. And... and like, I I really I I can't stress enough the the loss that Chris Tanev uh, is having on 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 the Flames and, and their decor. Um, you know, not to say that he's the end all be all and he's going to solve all the problems, but he certainly I think ha- would have a better answer for Connor McDavid than what the Flames have right now than what's in the room. And as a, as a result, McDavid and the Oilers are making mincemeat of the Flames. Even, even the, even like, you know, as much as we're, you know, watching one of the greatest players of all time in Connor McDavid, and we can't stress that enough how, how important that is, you know, that second line of, of Hyman, uh, Yamamoto, and Nuge, yep. that's been a fun line too. Like oh, the Flames. Really good. They, they've been like the flames like seem to be you know unable to stop that line too that line doesn't score as much you know hyman's got a, 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 like four i think four goals in his last three games or whatever but again but, yeah it's a line that calgary has to worry about and be like oh we gotta get get some guys on the you know against this line they're actually a threat to score and to produce and again hyman's got what five goals in his last four games or three games i said four in his last three like in this yeah. series in this like, series, uh, he's been very effective and kind of, you know, especially like in game one when they were down in, in the shit, the Oilers were, he kind of helped drag him and McDavid, kind of dragged that team back from the dead and gave them a yeah. chance in game one. They didn't win it, but still it's it's that, you know, that leadership that they, you know, again, $7 million worth, I would say worth it at this point with how good he's been. So let's, 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 Let's try and problem solve here. Not that it's our problem. How do the Flames get back in it? Into the series. Into the series. How, how do they get back with the series? How do they get the series tied at this end of back home? You got, man, you, I mean, not to state the obvious, you got to slow down McDavid. But that, that, like, that is the number one problem facing the Calgary Flames. As good as Kane's been, as good as Dreisaitl's been, as good as that Hyman Nuge Yamamoto line has been, you got to stop McDavid. That's all you got to do. Slow him down, hack him, trip him, whatever you got to do. You got to slow him down. I don't know if it's possible to do that with what who the Flames have right now. And like you said, Tanev has been a huge loss. And I think he would, I don't know if he would change the series that much, but he might play a difference in 
at least making the Oilers use other players not named McDavid to score and to get them on the board. So I was gonna say like cliche, but you know, goaltending has to be better for Calgary. Of course. And, and I mean I don't know if anybody would admit it. I don't know if anybody would say it, but I do think they're at least I know when I played, you know, if you know that your goalie is not stopping everything or is giving up juicy rebounds, uh, you, you, you lose a little bit of confidence. You have some of those like, oh, shit, or like you got to worry about this now. Like it's just another thing that's on your mind that you don't need. And I don't know if the Flames are having that issue. Like I don't know if those guys are thinking that. I don't know if anybody would ever admit that. But it just makes you wonder. Like if you know this guy's struggling and you know, you know this guy is having a tough time, I wonder if that's in the back of their mind of having having to not only compete against the Oilers but compete against Mark Strong. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I having it. Like you almost gotta try harder to stop the puck and block the shots, and maybe you know maybe that's part of their their solution too is to get in the shooting lanes and block these shots. And you know Bouchard's gotten a lot of clean looks from the point, and Barry has as well, and. You know, even on like especially on the power play, but that's kind of a given. You're going to get clean looks regardless. But again, the point is like, got to get in the lanes, got to make sure these shots don't get through for these tips and these deflections. And so, and, and I have one more thing I, I would say on the Flames too is that, you know, they might be overthinking of like, oh, we have to score now. Yeah. Uh, be you know, we have to score more goals, which. At that point, you're kind of already lost because that's how Edmonton wants to play. You're playing the Oilers game. Like, if you're playing, in a, you know, in a in a, essentially a shootout, like, if you're essentially playing in a run-and-gun style, you're playing the Oilers game. You're playing yeah. the way Edmonton wants to play. And you're playing into the hands of your opponent, which is not the best idea. Very much agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think like, I mean, I kind of mentioned this a bit earlier, you got to play that trap game, slow down McDavid, slow the game down, make it gritty, make it ugly, make it not fun, which is the, what the Oilers don't really want to do. But, and that's the thing with the Oilers is that they can do that game now a couple years ago. And even last year they couldn't do it, but now they got some gritty, ugly players that are going to muck it up in the corner and kind of create that space in a way for McDavid, for Dreisaitl, for Nuge to do what they do best. So, and that's, again, I, I said this earlier, I said I should be worried if I'm a Flames fan, and I should be. If I'm a Flames fan, I'd be worried. Uh, again, we won't, we'll touch a little bit on Colorado, St. Louis. Uh, the Blues are currently winning as we're doing this in the middle of the second period. Um, game three was interesting. You have, yeah, Nazem Kadri uh, getting getting into shit because he ran over Bennington, which oh, he, was, he got pushed. He got pushed. He in. got he got pushed into. So that wasn't really his fault. Nope. Um, you have Samuel Gerard who's out for the rest of the postseason with a broken sternum. Also a clean hit, just a really good hit and an awkward position for Gerard. Unfortunate. And he came up pretty bloody, but broken sternum is not that's not a nice bone to break. But so, so now it seems like this series is really getting personal. Uh, be, between the you know Gerard injury, uh, the the Kadri 
off Inc- ice stuff, incident, yeah. off ice stuff. Um, that wasn't which, good, by the way. That was not a good. Some of the threats and some of the stuff happening to Kadri, it shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen at all. It's terrible. Which, which again, I feel like it should it should it should already be uh, implied in case it already isn't. Don't say racist stuff. Don't say racist remarks. Don't yeah. threaten other people. I think that's obvious, but in case it wasn't, don't. Uh, not that obvious to some people, which isn't. I guess not. Apparently, uh, it's not that hard. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's not that hard. Just be nice. Just be. Just be a kind individual. Um, Jordan Bennington also throwing a water bottle at Nazem Kadri. Well, allegedly, we don't allegedly. Know true. Sorry, allegedly. Like how our friend SYP creator Keith, not to bring him up twice on this podcast, he allegedly stole a blender. We cannot confirm. Um, the series is weird, man. Um, yeah, it's good though. I, it's good. I was really, again, I don't really care who wins. I like the Blues. I like the Avalanche, but. I think I picked the Avs to win, but I'm really happy either team wins because the Blues are kind of built to beat the Avs. It's been it's been fun watching this this series, and especially Game Two was an absolute clinic defensively from the Blues. Like it was it was just so cool to watch that, and yeah, like I said, absolute clinic, and yeah, nothing got by Bennington. And he's he was really good when he was still in the series, and hopefully, oh. Speak the devil. He uh, he just got beat by uh, looks like Eric Johnson. Ooh, yeah, shot from the point. Well, this is what's tough about doing a podcast when uh, mid game. Mid game. Um, let's talk about a game that isn't going on. Uh, Carolina Tampa or Carolina Rangers. Getting ahead of myself with Carolina Tampa. Carolina Rangers. Rangers yep. won Game Three at home. Um. Tony D'Angelo kind of looked like a dick. Uh, Gerard Gallant told him to fuck off, essentially, or shut up, which, you know, fair game. Um, are we, like, I know the Rangers are down in this series. Carolina's winning 2-1. Are we worried about Carolina? Question mark? I know you mentioned their goaltending earlier. Yeah, it's a question mark, but the Hurricanes are still a better team. In all in all fairness, they're a better team. They're better built. As good, the Rangers do have some very good players, and they are young, but that's just it. They're young. They're inexperienced. Hurricanes are a little bit better built, and I think they just play a better game overall. And yes, the goaltending's bit you know, considering it's not Frederick Anderson is questionable, but Ronta's been okay. He's been fine. He's done what he's needed to do so far, and I think the Hurricanes are going to be fine. They'll win this series in five or six games. It's been like the opposite of the Battle of Alberta, where like game one was 2-1 for Carolina. Game two was 2-0 for Carolina. Game three was 3-1 for the Rangers. Um, You know. But again, like defensive clinics. Defensive, well, defensive clinics and not totally surprising considering um, the defenses on these teams. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's a good point. And Kind of like you said, like Rant has been doing enough. Uh, Igor Shosturkin has been Igor Shosturkin. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably not an ideal series that you want to be in right now because of the fact that 
you're working a lot. I feel like you're working a lot. You're having to work a lot harder in this kind of like everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be clinical. Everything has to be, you know, like a machine essentially. Right. And I think that has some mental wear on you as you keep going, which uh, I'm curious to see how that relates to the finale and how the series ends. But we're still taking Carolina. We we both still like the Hurricanes to win this series. Yeah, like I said, they're a better team, and like yeah, absolutely, it's gonna be um, Hurricanes. And like I said, five. I'm pretty sure I said six games. I think we both said Carolina in six. I think we both did, and I'm gonna stick with that. I just yeah, the Rangers are good, and they're gonna be a contending team, especially with their goaltender they've got now and some of the young core in a few years. But again that's still a few years away and you've got better teams in front of them. Her- Carolina, Tampa, like we talked about earlier in the East and Toronto's, I'd say a better team at this point um, and Florida as well. So the Rangers are close, but they got some, a couple years until they're going to be real super contenders in the East again. Uh, shout out uh, my, my, uh, my boy, Ian Cole, uh, Ian, a, a guy named Ian scoring in a postseason. Also two first names by the way two first names good call yeah good 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 uh recognition there um just throwing some stuff out there uh ryan reeves uh is the only player on the rangers who have played he has played in every 10 all all 10 postseason games for the rangers so far and he has no points interesting going out there that's not where he's trying to no, that's not what he. That's, that's not, what he not does why well. he's on the Rangers. No, I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought that was funny. Um, and fun fact: uh, Martin HS and Yasperi Kakaniemi have combined to play in twenty postseason games so far this year, yep. and they have zero goals combined. Wow. I will. They. I will say they have played a minimal role. They. The other players on that team have played more in different roles. Nature's has seen the fourth line a lot, which is interesting, but kind of not surprising. He's a young guy, kind of inexperienced. Probably why he's on the fourth line is that he hasn't been scoring either. That helps a bit. Um, speaking of scoring, um, we last left, it was 1-1, and in about five minutes, it is now 3-1 Avalanche. Literally an avalanche of goals. Damn it, I was going to make that joke. Fuck. Um, Get to it. Wow, God damn it. The, blues, the blues look stunned. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's the uh recap so far from last week. Yeah, hockey recap. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Yeah. A good start to round two. Round two's had some great series. And honestly, like the Hurricanes Rangers is probably the worst, but even that it's not even that bad of a series. It's actually been pretty good. So it, yeah. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna? What, what more could you ask for? Nothing. It's playoff it's, hockey. The sun is shining. It's great. We're living. There's the there's a, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. There there, there really there, isn't. There really isn't. No. All right, uh, Scott. We'll do a little bit of a longer mailbag this week because we sure. have uh, questions, including from you. Um, I do. Yeah, I did bring up some questions. Yeah. Um. Max Kleban, uh, he asked PGA champ review and M- NBA draft preview. 
Uh, Fuji and I are going to do an NBA draft preview at some point here, NBA playoff and draft preview. So we're not going to do the NBA stuff because I want to do that with Fuji. Uh, PGA champ review. Scott, you watched it. I didn't. Um, yes. Give, I us did. the I watched- re- give us the reader's digest on how this, uh, how this PGA championship went. It was good. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Justin Thomas, who is, as we know, one of my favorite golfers on tour, probably my favorite, did win the PGA his second career after going 67-67 on the first two days. And then he was not good on Saturday, on moving day. And then he came back from eight shots down to win in a playoff, beating Will Zalatoris. But before that happened, also, okay, also, on, on the Justin Thomas, unbelievable shot on the second playoff hole on the 17th, the drivable par four. Absolute, like, not banana, but he piped the three wood. One bounce on the green, and he put it about 25 feet away, and Zalatoris put it, like, kind of on the, in, like, a landing area, just right of the green. He had a chip and, unfortunately, two-putted. Thomas two-putted for birdie, and that was basically it. And then they both made the same score on... The 18th, the last playoff hole, and Thomas won two putting for par. Um, super happy for the guy. Like it was, I was like rooting hard for him because he he surged down the stretch in the four, in the fourth round, which was really fun to watch. Um, and another guy, Mito uh, Mito Pereira, who's a Chilean golfer, a good buddy of Joaquin Neiman, gr- really great player, hammers the ball down the fairway. Really good all tournament, except for the 18th. He had a one-shot lead going on to the 18th, and he put his ball in his little creek on 18, about 290 yards out, maybe a bit more, and he rolled it into the creek and basically had to hit like a 200-yard uphill like power slice and make the putt just to get to a playoff, and he just couldn't do it. He... Yeah, it was really unfortunate, but wrong club selection off the tee was basically the downfall of Pereira's PJ Championship, but great, great four days from him just kind of blew up on the 18th, so. Um, what would you rate that on the Big Yeet scale out of five stars, that tournament? That tournament? Yeah. Compared to other PGA Championships? For sure, or, the, or compared to the Masters. Oh, Mm, it's close i would say this tournament was more exhilarating more thrilling but it's close honestly every major tournament so exciting for its own reasons and its own spectacle in a way like it's yeah it's just such great golf and these guys that do it are unbelievable and you know the course you know to like average players like you and i like you know, we're like, oh, okay, we can hit that. But these guys do it in whatever wind conditions and with all this pressure, all these people watching. Like, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable what these guys can do and how well they hit the ball consistently and on these tough, long and tough courses with lightning quick greens. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable what they can do. So, which brings me back again to my point about how this weekend's tournament was in Tulsa but they call it, it's at the Southern Hills Country Club, which is kind of a bit of an oxymoron, no? Hills in Oklahoma? What do I know? I'm not an expert. Uh, my dad's got two questions. Yep. Um, will the Red Wings make the playoffs next year? 
and what makes the Battle of Alberta so special? Um, mm. I'll answer the first one. Sure. I, I don't think I don't think so at this time. Depends on who's in free agency. The draft this year is doesn't have an impact. I mean, Shane Wright's probably the only guy in a draft who I think will make a, a year one impact. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't know. I think Sokoski is going to be pretty good in his sec- in his first year. He's played with men and he's played at the Olympics. Like, I don't know about that. Right for sure, because he's playing on Montreal. I think Slavkovsky, if he goes to New Jersey or Arizona, I guess either team would be, he would make an impact. Um, He's a big guy too, right? With Slavkovsky. Yeah. But after that, Nemec might make it, might make the jump with the Kraken if he goes to Seattle, if he gets that far. Um, If he flies there. Well, that's just it, right? So, uh, yeah, well, if he if he gets to SeaTac, if he takes the Uber from SeaTac uh, to Northgate to get to the practice facility, be a part of the Kraken, if he can do all that, um, then he'll probably make the team. But we'll yeah. see. No guarantee that the Kraken take damage. They might take your check, depending on what they want. Uh, getting back to the original question, uh, no, I don't think the Red Wings make the playoffs next year, um, which I'm okay with. Um, they're still not that good. Like, yeah, no, you're right. They're not. They're they're missing a few pieces, and they like as good as Raymond and Cider are. They just need more guys like them more, to come through and chip in and produce and help. More quality NHLers that they just don't have yet. Um, that would be they're coming. Like, they're so, coming. A, a few of them, like I, I like, like Simon Edvinson. Yeah, he's really good. Um. Oh, uh, Alex Cotton is a defenseman from the Vancouver Giants who I really like this year. Um, Theodore ne- Theodore Niederback, he was in the twenty twenty draft. Yeah, there's guys. They probably need to sign some like real NHLers too. Um, like they probably need uh, a second line winger that isn't wa- Robbie Fabry. Probably True. wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say no. They also need goaltending to show up, and yeah. it didn't. It didn't this past year. Yeah. And you know, let's let's not you know discount the Wings are good. They they will be very good in a couple of years, and they're okay. It just they're in a really tough division to to get yeah. up, and they have to be at this echelon to beat Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston. Let's just let's just say those four are maybe almost guaranteed locks to make the playoffs next year. And Buff, we'll see what Buffalo can do, but it's, yeah. Even if you want to get a, like, even if you like look at this year's standings, um, like Washington was a 100 point team and they were the last wild card. Yeah. Like, I don't think Detroit's going to, if you would think, if you think it's going to be like that again next year, uh, I don't think Detroit's a 100 point team. Nope. No, not yet. Close not yet. Not yet. Uh, second question: What makes the Battle of Alberta so special? I thought about this. I don't know if you have an answer right away, but I know what it, what it is for myself. If yeah. you want to go ahead and talk about it, what makes it special for you? Yeah, go for uh, it. I'll let I'll let you have yeah, the floor first. Sure. And again, there's a lot of ways to. Well, I should say there's a lot of ways, but the the Battle of Alberta again, we haven't seen it in our lifetime. We've seen it in um, regular season 
regular season, we've seen it. And, you know, again, there was one of the Super Bowls you came up to Kelowna and one of, that was one of the, what, for the, one of the best regular season battles of the Battle of Alberta. That was great. Uh, goalie fights, the brawls, it was just epic. And that was, you know, that was great. But again, the playoff Battle of Alberta is nothing like it. Based on what our dads have both explained to us. Um, How much they dislike the Flames? Well, okay, that's yeah. They're both they're both Oilers fans, just FYI. But again, the the battle is just like it was such an essential part of the 19, of the nineteen eighties, and just how dominant those two teams were in the Smythe Division, and just unbelievable. Like they were one and two in the regular season. Just they saw each other in the second round and beat the crap out of each other. And they're they're basically like for a for what was it? Basically like from eighty four to 1990 whoever won that series went to the cup yeah right so that's again that's seven years seven playoff years where whoever won the the war let's just say the war of alberta went to the cup final they won six out of those seven years montreal and patrick wall won 86 but that was it every other time the flames or the oilers won the cup the other thing i i mean you basically, I think you've nailed the actual um, hockey aspects in the Battle of Alberta, but there's a lot of it off the ice. Like I think this is one of the last. This is where, where I what I was thinking of when I when I was thinking about how much the Battle of Alberta means to me and why it's so special. It's the last real bit of like Canadiania I feel like that we see in the world today, or like old Canadiania in terms sure. of like, um, you know. Hockey Night in Canada on CBC, you know, Toronto, Montreal, you know, doesn't quite have that same, you know, kind of gridlock and, you know, personal battles that we've seen in before, in in my opinion, but it's a real Canadian express, you know, Canadian thing, Canadian um, sort of expression, I guess, is is this Battle of Alberta, uh, being what it's like to be Canadian. You get to watch hockey, you get to watch playoff hockey. And especially for Alberta, you know, they get to have their two teams go head to head, battle one another. It, it, it's truly one of the last, I think, real, true Canadian old school things that we, we, we in a world full of change where there's a lot happening, where Canada is kind of, um, americanizing but like also globalizing like we're seeing a lot of globalization in the world today um it's still nice in a way to have these little canadian things that you can be excited for and that you can still take pride in not trying to sound like a real nationalist here but i i I think there is something to be said for having something that is your own that you can uh take pride in and that you can enjoy and i think that's what the battle of alberta is for a lot of people too yeah oh 100 percent and it's been it's been really cool seeing this battle of in this modern day, like you like you kind of touched on a bit, and how people are rallying behind it, and how crazy these fans are in Calgary and Edmonton. It's just it's so cool to see, and it would be really an amazing experience to be part of that in either in either city. It doesn't matter where. Like it's it's just the guys the fans are going ballistic, and it's so cute again that the Flames are still playing in the same arena that they were using the last time they had the Battle of Alberta. It's really, it's really, it's really, it's really nice. 
it's re- it's a real nice touch that the Flames, uh, you know, have contributed to this uh, postseason. Yeah. Um, I hopefully we didn't ramble on too much about that. Uh, you had two questions. Uh, better album release, Kendrick or Future? I haven't listened to either one of those albums, and I will be doing a pod with uh, Mosquito and Rav at some point on those albums. We we have said that we will do an album there. So you are asking the wrong person about these albums. Well, when I the boys know. get on, when the boys get on, you do a mailbag. I'll make sure I ask those questions again. I will. But do you have your thoughts on these albums? Um, would you, which one do you like more? Which one do you like less? Which one do you do you even care about either of these albums? <laughs> yeah, they're they're both they're both okay. Um, Future and Drink, uh, sorry, not Drink, uh, Drake went um, kind of old nostalgic Future and Drake with uh, I'm on one. That's a great, really good song. That's like classic Future Drake, kind of like uh, what's it called? Um, the album with Jumpman, whatever that's called. Uh, I forget. I forget the name of it. But um, you're asking. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive. That's the album name. Um. Anyways, yeah, that, that's like nostalgic. Anyways, great, great stuff on that song. And then N95 on the Kendrick album's really good. Other than that, they're okay. Um. Again, I should give it another really good listen. But first, like, kind of initial thought, they're okay. I'm very excited for Post Malone's album, though, coming out in a couple weeks from now. Uh, you know who uh, apparently has released new music that people are talking about? Uh, Harry Styles. Oh, I have heard that, actually. I've heard, I've heard that name come up. Uh, it, it's apparently something I, I was told that I should listen to. I feel, like I, think, I feel like you'd be a Harry Styles guy. I feel like I'm becoming more of a Harry Styles guy. I think I'm becoming... Um, more pop. I think that's where I'm becoming more of a, a pop uh, type guy and maybe, you know, changing, not to say that I don't like, you know, some of the, you know, rap and, you know, hip hop rock yeah. music that I like. I think I'm, I think I'm getting more into the pop stuff, which is uh, becoming interesting. Um, the other question that you asked was a uh, series more excited for uh, Stranger Things for uh or obi-wan kenobi um i don't have disney plus i think i used my disney plus trial for like a week uh which i think is how long the trial is and um i i think it's gonna be one of these days one of these days maybe this is a summer thing uh i want to just watch all of the star wars in chronological order yes like a really rainy stretch of days, that's when you do it. When it's really pissing rain, Squamish, go watch or Star just, Wars. Or you just do it on like a, you know, in the summer with nothing else going on, and it's just all the boys in Grandma and Grandpa's basement, and we're all just watching Star Wars together sure. Um, sure. as friends, obviously. And what if, yo, what if we split a Disney Plus account? I've never actually thought about this. What if we just split a account? Right we now? do that. Do we just get? Yeah. Do we just get a, fa- a family Disney Plus account? Yeah. Um, Maybe 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 we'll do an SYP. Di- maybe that's what we'll do. That's gonna be great. That could be great content. Is you and I just get like a month's worth of Disney Plus, and we just like review and rank stuff on uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah. Who says good. no? Um, I think we are in this conversation the other night. I think every season of Stranger Things has gotten worse uh, as they progress. 
it you know they killed off hopper yeah that was bad i didn't like that they um you know i appreciate the fact that they got you know russians and the soviet involved i think that's cool that's really interesting me as a a history guy i i appreciate that i'm curious to see where they go with this new season but yeah i'm too uh, i i've heard they're like in california apparently yeah so maybe some maybe they'll play tupac on their soundtrack i don't know uh, it wasn't Tupac, yeah. uh, 90s, this is 80s. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, maybe they jump, maybe they jump ahead a few years. I don't know. Maybe they play Guns N' Roses. Oh, that'd be good. I, I, I could, uh, I could use yeah. some, uh, some Guns N' Roses. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, which one are you more excited for? Like, not gonna lie, I've honestly considered, like, we just talked about getting a Disney Plus account just to watch this Obi Wan Kenobi. It looks really good. Just uh, trailers. So, according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Stranger Things first reviews season four is impressive, frightful, and overstuffed. Hmm. Overstuffed. Not the word I would use to describe a TV show. More, uh, more uh, a term I would use to uh, describe my thanksgiving diet or my thanksgiving meals um wow this is uh gotta say this is quite the hockey game that we've dealt with sorry to interrupt this podcast but i'm pretty sure it was 4-1 the blue the avalanche scored about three goal three straight goals and oh no four straight goals and i think it's now tied because bujnevich looks like he just scored yeah Wow. It's going to be really tough for me to uh, support the Blues after this game. Why is that? Because uh, they just look like a bunch of dicks going after Kadri. Oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't good. I agree. That was not good. And the also, getting... also, I want to throw this at you. I don't know if I uh, – did we talk about this too off the pod with uh, speaking of Kadri? Uh, you know who I think signed him this offseason? We did talk about off pod. Uh, uh, you said Buffalo, right? I did. I think the Sabers are gonna. Uh, um, I think the Sabers are gonna make a big offer for Nazem Kadri that he can't. Uh, that he can't refuse. That's my hot take. First line center or a second line center? That's the thing. As uh, a top six forward, I don't think it, I don't think they really care. Uh, I think Buffalo just wants yeah. to, you know, have this big name player. Although, if, you know, Kadri becomes a big enough of a cult figure, uh, he might not leave Colorado. He might just stay. That was kind of my argument, too. It's like, you know, do you think, again, regardless of the outcome of this season, cup or not in in Colorado, do you think he takes less money to stay there? He might. I don't know. I I think he might, and honestly, I think he should. Because he's in such a good situation. And I think he's a great compliment to what McKinnon doesn't do. Because Kadri is kind of like your defensive two-way, kind of nasty type of force. McKinnon's- the, Le- the Leafs could use somebody like Kadri, right? Like, he would be a perfect fit on the Leafs. Well, that's just – it's funny you say that because the, the – He Leafs- used to play for the Leafs. That's why it's funny. Well, he that's used true, to play for the Leafs. The Leafs just got rid of a guy that's le- kind of like that but plays the wing. And he's, I guess, on the Edmonton Oilers now, Zach Hyman. So – Ooh, very, yes. Right. So again, it's 
maybe it's getting out of Toronto like lets these guys grow their game. I don't know. But either way, Kadri and Hyman have both been very good on their new teams out, outside of Toronto. So uh we do have one more question here that we should answer. Uh from David. Or but not David, Dwight Bits. Oh, from Dwight. Like, That's my guy right there. I feel so. like a dick. I feel like a dick now because I butchered his name. My bad. Uh even my mom mixes up my name, so don't don't feel too bad, man. Um he asks, is McDavid 10 times better than Gretzky or not? Not yet, but he might be. I don't know if he ever will be, but I mean. He needs, well, again, I don't know if he's going to be able to get to 2,857 points or whatever the number is. It's, it's a lot, but, and he also, McDavid also needs four cups, which is likely that could happen, but the almost 3,000 points in the NHL, not in this era, I'd be honestly, I'd be not maybe not surprised, but it would be amazing if he got to two thousand points in his career. McDavid's already a Hall of Famer right now, right? Oh, without a doubt. Like, like if McDavid retires, uh, like tomorrow, if he's just done after tomorrow, he's already a Hall of Famer, right? Like, you gotta, yeah, I, yeah. You know what? You're right. I think he has to be. Like, the way he's changed the landscape of the game and how kind of like, okay, Bobby Orr wants Stanley Cups, yes, but it was kind of like when Bobby Orr came in, like, he didn't play that long, but he was so different and so dynamic coming from the back end, which the league had never seen before. And that kind of paved the way for coffee for K.O. McCarr as a good example. Quinn Hughes, these like a little bit smaller guys from the back end, but they just are engines of offenses. And Orr was like that. And now McDavid is this out of this world skilled, talented hockey player that the, his edge work, his stick handling, his skating ability, never seen the NHL ever. Never. Uh, um, I think there's an argument, maybe not right now. But I think if he continues on the path that he's on now, McDavid's probably on the NHL Mount Rushmore. With Gretzky or I think it's I I think I think it's Gretzky, Lemieux, Howe, and then McDavid. Yeah. And again, who knows? He might well again Lemieux. We looked at remember remember we looked at this earlier about points per game. Lemieux's number one in points per game. Yeah. No, the dude is... The dude is... about this. People don't actually look at these stats and numbers. Lemieux, not Gretzky, Lemieux is number one all-time in points per game. Like, I I think it... Like, Mario Lemieux is, is, like... He's the ultimate, like, what if, right? Like, if he was actually able to, like, be healthy. Oh, yeah. I... And I, it's funny, like, I'm trying to figure out what this generation, you know, Mar- Mario the Mew is. It it's might be like, Stammer, almost, but, like... No, I almost think it's Ovechkin in, in a different way because, yes, okay, Ovi's a pure goal scorer and doesn't really, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of assists. But, again, it's the dominance. It's the, physic, the physical dominance, how big they both are and how they command a game playing you know, a forward position like it's unbelievable um 
again, sidebar, but I hope, I really hope Obi gets to the 894 plateau or at least to 800 to get to second all time. Cause that, that would be a feat in itself. Yeah. I just don't know who, like, cause I mean, I just don't know who that other guy would be that would like this generation, like who, who's missed enough games that they can be on the same you, level as like, Lemieux. You almost say Crosby. Cause again, like you almost could, cause again, he's played what 200 games less than Ovi and he's got like what, 10 less points or something. It's not much. It's a pretty small difference. And I, I went, I, I say stammer too, cause he's had multiple injuries. Yeah, true. That's another big what if. Stammer's more of a goal scorer, as we know. But really interesting um, comments from, I think it was Nate Thompson. He mentioned it. It might have been on a podcast or like some sort of interview. Um, he he compared Stamkos to a Steve Eiserman, to a Mark Messier, to Jonathan Taves in that realm of really great leaders that maybe aren't really heralded for their leadership, their physicality, their defensive skill. Um, their playmaking ability. Like Stamkos is very underrated in all those fields. He was in his early career known as a goal scorer, but now he's got a few cups, right? And it's very, yeah, yeah very interesting. We'll see how it goes, but. And, and going back to McDavid, um, the best player in the league right now by far, yeah. um, maybe the best player in the cap era top three cap era player with Crosby and Ovechkin. Yeah. I think it's probably, it's probably some order of Crosby, Ovechkin and McDavid right now. Yeah. You could argue and, that. And, and, and if you looking at players draft, maybe that's what we'll do. That's what Rav and I need to do for like a redraft is redrafting players drafted in the cap era. Yeah. I like build. that. Like do like a top 15 of draft or of salary cap era players. Yeah. And again, it's it's hard because you could do this every year, like, and it would change every year. Because again, oh, Dr. totally, Makar, like, you can even throw Vasilevsky in this conversation. Like, yeah, he's fairly young, and in five six years, if Tampa has two more cups, I would throw him in the conversation. I would throw in at that point, throw Hedman in there, throw Kucherov in there, throw Stamkos in there for that matter. Like, again. Matthews might be in that conversation. Matthews might be there in because Matthews is only 23. Like throw him in there in eight years and he's probably got 500 goals at age 31, but we'll see. Uh, Scott, that's the pod. Uh, I know you have an early morning, so I won't keep you up too much. Um, any other uh, final thoughts, hot takes, things you oh. want to, uh, your, your thoughts on the F1 race this weekend. Oh, it was great. The cars were very fast, and uh, Mercedes won. I don't know. I really, I don't know how it works. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, Red Bull. Uh, your boy Verstappen won. <laughs> or no, your your boy your uh, your boy's Vettel isn't he? Um, well, it, it was Vettel. What's the name? George. Uh, George Russell. Your boy George Russell got a podium. That, yeah, that's my like dot my F one comp, right? Yeah, I would say yours is probably George Russell. Armin's is Verstappen. Um. I don't know who mine would be because nobody wears glasses. Mm. Um, I, I'd probably be one of the broadcasters or the commentators. Um, I mean, that's what you want to do for a career, so that would be a good fit. That would be, that'd be a solid choice. Yeah. Uh, so good thoughts on the F1. Um, the, the Blue Jades apparently stink. Uh, they well, lost it. It's kind of fading a bit. 
I, I heard they, I heard they stink. Um, I hear the manners are thriving. Is that what you hear? That's good. That, that, that's what the people are saying. That's, that's what the people are saying that the manners are thriving. The Blue Jays stink. And, um, Fair enough. Oh, yeah. it. they do stink. Wow. They're five and five in the last 10 games. It is still early, though. Let's, let's, it, baseball season's very God, early. You, you sound like a Manners fan already. What if we went to a baseball game this weekend? We'll see. Let me get back to you at home. You want to go boo the Astros? Not really. Do you, do you know that? You, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, Jose Altuve, like, had a great run, a great stretch as, like, the ultimate short king. The ultimate okay. thriving short king. Yep. And then he gets caught in this scandal with the Astros. And now he's like one of the most uh, disliked. Um, yeah, true. You hated can people. Like Carlos Correa in that conversation too. Bregman. Spr- Spr- yeah, Bregman. Springer less so because he's not on the team anymore. But- yeah, but, 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 now, but now it's kind of like <laughs> I still dislike him. But like you don't you don't dislike him as much because now he's you know doing well for your team so you kind of have to like him which is you know I like him yeah he's a good he's a I mean he's an integral part of that Jays lineup at the top of the lineup as a as the leadoff hitter so it yeah but uh, no apparently the Jays stink and the uh, the manners are good um, we're gonna we're gonna that's not what the standings say but. No, but this is what the people are saying. This is what uh, oh, okay. people, as as don't... Taylor Taylor Swift would say, that's what people say. Yeah. Um, listen, okay. like, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't look at the numbers. The the, the the stats lie. Stats lie. Numbers are lying. Manners are good. Fair enough. Um, we'll do. I'm I'm trying to get Scott to do more baseball talk, but you know, uh, it's um. Uh, it's like, you know, David Perron and Nazem Kadri. Sometimes it's like a bit of a punch to the face for him uh, trying to talk baseball. Hey, man, I only have time for so many things. I, you know, I'm happy I got to watch the golf this weekend and hockey's kind of just on the, on the forefront because it's playoffs. It's priority. When playoffs come around, maybe it'll be different. Who knows? So that's the podcast uh thank you very much for listening you know where to check us out we'll be back uh i, I think we might have a, a maybe a, a few different guests this week i do a few more episodes yeah. what else am i going to be doing um we'll no. uh we'll talk to you then thank you very much for listening peace out